and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. I am your host, Katerina Burenova. Each week, we dive into a blend of topics that resonate with the soul. Whether you're an architect enthusiast, have a passion for wanderlust, want to discover holistic approaches to rejuvenate your body and mind, or are intrigued to learn about Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, you've come to the right place. Join me as I sit down with inspiring, like-minded women from various walks of life. We will delve into their journeys to discuss the challenges and moments that define their paths. So sit back, relax, and let the spark of positive energy ignite your curiosity. Today, I am joined by licensed architect and mindful coach Morgan Chihuahua. Through advocating for holistic health, Morgan is empowering working mothers to uncover the best version of themselves. Morgan, welcome to From the Honeycomb Podcast. Thank you, Katarina. Thank you so much for having me today. And as you know, we begin every episode by sharing something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So what are you grateful for? I'm grateful truly for so many things. And I've listened to many of your podcasts and I was thinking, what am I most grateful for today? Because I could probably go on for a long time about what I'm grateful for. But what I'm most grateful for right now in this present moment is being surrounded by so many strong, influential women, especially in this career. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, I've not always been surrounded by such strong, influential women. And I'm just very excited that now I have a core group of women, just like yourself, Katerina, that's, that are creating a platform and being brave enough to talk about sometimes uncomfortable subjects and topics. No, absolutely. And I really, I think I've also kind of found that I kind of resonate with what you're saying is throughout college, yes, there were other females in university and through classes, but, and then at work, it was mostly male dominated. That's where I feel like the woman dropped off. But now there's just this community that somehow has formed and like, especially through social media. And it's incredible just how we've been able to connect. And it's so empowering to hear, you know, other women's stories. And then you just feel so less alone. It's so refreshing and much mm-hmm. needed. And I have two little girls, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Aww. And I hope they grow up seeing me surrounded by these strong females and they become those strong females as well. And, you know, really they grow up to change the world. Aww. I hope they do. I'm sure they will. With a mom like you, they will. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they will in their own way. Yes. So Morgan, share with us, you are a licensed architect, share with us your journey. What was, you know, licensure like, your background, what school you went to, and then what's kind of brought you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) So I am a licensed architect. I went to the University of Kentucky for my undergraduate degree and received my bachelor's degree there. And then I went to the University of Pennsylvania to receive my master's degree. How did I get to where I am now? That's a a really great question. I was always a, I was an Ivy League graduate with my master's degree. I have always been a type A people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And I had to climb the corporate ladder as quickly as possible. I had to be the student that the professor always doted on. And my boss or my colleagues always saw working late at night and putting in the most work. And that was the culture that for the longest time I thrived in. 
And that led to quickly led to burnout for me because it was overworking, right? And not feeding into my soul anymore. So when I had my first daughter, who's three, she is, her name is Lily. And then I have my second daughter, who's one, her name is Violet. My world began to change and my perspective on life really began to change. So initially before children, and I still am very career driven. And I would even say I am more productive with more purpose now in my life than I was when I was working way over for 40 hours a week, nonstop. And really when my life revolved around my career. Now, since my shift of having two beautiful girls that I am an example for, and I have two girls that are constantly looking up to me and, and I'm an example for them. And I know that now I'm now a mindfulness coach. So I did a lot of reflection into myself and who I wanted to be in their eyes and who I am today. And I'm still on this journey. It's a never ending journey and I'm still growing and developing and changing. And it's beautiful, this journey. So now I teach clients, specifically mothers and also architects as well, on how to be more mindful. So Katerina, I wonder, do you know what mindfulness is? Like what is, what is your definition of mindfulness? Like my definition, I would say of mindfulness is doing something with good intention, no matter what that may be, the way like you approach what you eat, you approach it mindfully. So with a good intention, whether it's physical activities, the way you treat your body, you know, your thoughts, if you are having like a mind, you have to be mindful. It's doing it with a good intention, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And my definition would be an attention, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it has to be good or bad. And we don't, I don't really have to judge. Mm-hmm. that intention, but doing things mindfully. So what I often get the question of like, why mindfully? You know, what does that do? For me and for many others, it started to change every aspect and every facet of my life, both professionally and personally. So let's talk about personally first. My relationships became better. My relationships with my family and my friends became better. They were in myself as well my relationship with my body, because if you're a mom, you know, or if you're listening and you're a mom, you know that your body changes whenever you become a mom, right? It goes through this, this long process of uh, growing a baby and birthing a baby. So you're a different human being after birth, at least in my experience. So being mindful of that relationship with yourself and also with your family and your friends. And really after I started becoming mindful in my personal life, my world began to change and those relationships began to strengthen, get deeper and be better. And I became so much happier because like I said, I was in a state of burnout and constant fatigue. And I finally came to this realization that there's got to be more to life than just work cranking, working on that hamster wheel 24 seven. Where was the old me, the younger me that had this uh, zest for life and Every time I looked in the mirror, it sounds horrible. It sounds sad, but I didn't see that individual that had that zest for life that I once had. So once I started shifting my mindset and becoming mindful with everything that you talked about, how I move my body, how I spend my mornings, my time, the food that I'm taking in, the moments of life, how I begin a meeting. So let's now talk about the professional world. I am a licensed architect. So how do I incorporate this into my practice? I remember specifically going into meetings, 
My heart was racing. I was probably sweating. I knew that we were going to talk about this multi-million dollar change order or the schedule that was constantly, it was never ending and constantly shifting. And all of these things that architects really have to juggle at any given time, right? And that was impacting me physically and mentally. And I'm juggling those things still today, but juggling them better than ever with more confidence, more clarity, and more ease, I would say. And I think that shows, I would probably say that it's not only me that says that, I would say that it's the people surrounding me as well has created a ripple effect on those individuals as well. Interesting. I want to ask about your ARE journey before jumping into work. How was that? Had Because you hadn't approached mindfulness, it seems like, until later on. So just want to jump back to your ARE journey because for me, it was an incredibly stressful time. So what was your ARE journey like? Yeah, it was an incredibly stressful time. You know, I said that I was a people pleaser. I had to be I had to get eight straight A's. I had to be the best of the best or at least try. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I went straight for my bachelor's degree into my master's degree. As soon as I got my master's, I started working and started taking tests. And so, and I wanted to get them done as quickly as possible. I had a goal, some arbitrary goal by the time I was 30, that I would be licensed. And of course I achieved that goal, but, but I wasn't as healthy achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I went full force on them like true self and I took them one after the other and I will be very open with you. I failed each one of them at least once except for a CA. CA I passed on the first time, but I failed every single exam at least once except for CA. Mm -hmm. And that was devastating to me. I remember at one point in the process and I can't remember, it probably took me a year and a half, possibly a little bit longer, maybe two years. I can't really remember. But I remember in the process thinking, you know, I might just be happy working at Starbucks. Or else. <laughs> I might just be happy not becoming an architect. And thankfully, I put my boots back on and, and I went back into it and studied. But I remember once I took off a Friday and a Monday, two exams on the same weekend. Wow. So it was an excruciating process, I would mm-hmm. say, for me. That was my experience. It's not for everybody. It's not an excruciating process for everybody. But for me, it was it was a life goal of mine as well to become a licensed architect. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It, I just was curious too because I know even once you're in work, you know, you mentioned you're dealing with you know stressful meetings, you know, multi million dollar change orders, for example. You know, there's the schedule, the stresses, the clients' expectations. So I was kind of wanting to hear just a little backstory on your ARE exams, but. The ARES, that's a whole nother thing. And I think it does in a way prepare you to be an architect, of course, but there are definitely things it does. It's a detriment to your health, I think, at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think all of that past and that history from school, and I don't know where you went to school, but where I went to school, there was a lack of health and wellness promotion Mm -hmm. within the school and the universities. And that's something that I definitely want to change the approach of the studio culture and the lack of health and wellness within the studio culture. Mm -hmm. If you, at some schools that I went to, you know, you were basically, it was an understanding that you would be in studio all night. And if you weren't, you know, it's not a great perspective. Mm 
Mm-hmm. No, and it's interesting how that always translates from school to then the workplace. So kind of coming back to how you, was there a moment, did you have a moment where you're like, things have to change or was it more of a gradual change? I had felt it for many years that things had to change, but it wasn't until I became a mom in the architecture field that I knew there had to be a boundary that was created. If not, I could not give my 100% to my girls. And that really wasn't an option to me Mm -hmm. to not be able to give my 100% to my girls. And so that was the defining boundary when I became a mother that I no longer could push my point push myself to the point of exhaustion in my work. Mm -hmm. And so what does that balance look like for you now? Or like, how do you achieve? I know balance is kind of a hard, like, I feel like we're never in full balance, but how, how do you achieve that mindfulness now? Yeah. I, so one of my favorite things to do is to set up a, let me also preface this by saying that I would say every month my balance changes, mm-hmm. if not every week and right. if not every day. I have to be mindful that something that worked last week might not work this week or something that worked yesterday might not work today. But right now, in this current moment, in this present moment, what's working for me is a morning routine, which I call the miracle mindful morning routine. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's waking up. As soon as I wake up, I come downstairs, I do 25 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, body movement, whatever that might be. Sometimes that's lifting weights, sometimes that's doing yoga, some whatever that is. And then I do a 10 minute meditation. And then from there, I read for 10 minutes. So that's all under an hour, which is good for my schedule. Mm-hmm. And that really sets me up for success the rest of the day. I would rather, and I wake up about 5.30 in the morning. Not everybody has to do that. Everybody's journey is different. And I'm not advocating that everybody wake up at 5.30 in the morning. But if you're a mom and you have to pack lunches and make breakfasts and take your kids to school and get back and do your job, I have to wake up at 5.30 to get that all in. In my space that I've created, which is my own little oasis, I have beautiful plants that I love. I've got a candle that's my favorite candle. I've got my jug of water that's already chilled in the fridge and ready for me to go in the morning. So I really spend that, it's less than an hour, almost an hour in the morning, setting my day up for success. And I find that the days that I don't do that, my whole day is off balance. And I will do, I will wake up as early as I need to, to get that hour of pouring into myself and, and really centering myself and creating that balance in my life. And do you work from home or are you back in the office? I'm partial. So I, I work full time, but I work at the office about three days a week and Mm -hmm. then at home two days a week. So that flexibility is extremely helpful, Mm -hmm. extremely, extremely helpful to help me kind of balance, you know, what I'm putting in my body and meal prepping and, having my walks every day, my 10 minute walks every day. So that's something else that I found I do, whether I'm working from home or in the office, I call them walk snacks. And so a lot of people think, well, I don't have time to move my body or I don't have time to create meditation. And my message to them is that it doesn't have to be a full meal. So it doesn't have to be a full, a four course meal, right? You don't sit down every time you eat to have a four course meal. 
you can have little snacks. You can graze sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So that might mean I'm sitting here working on this project and I'm just getting email after email after email coming in and my team's is dinging and my phone is ringing and all these things are coming into my brain and I need to mentally clear it for a minute, right? I need to come back to the present and I need to go outside and take a five minute walk. And those five minute walks throughout the day, being mindful, getting yourself in nature, really change the way you start to perceive your world and your interactions with other individuals. It really clears your mind so you can come back and say, okay, that five minute walk was great. I am a clear, clean palette now. And now I can prioritize those 10 to 15 emails that were coming at me. So that's another a great way of incorporating mindfulness into your life. That's easy because as a mom, I don't have an hour to give unless it's in the morning and I wake up at 5.30. But throughout my day, I don't even have 30 minutes to really give most of the time, but I do, I can carve out five minute chunks of walk snacks or meditation snacks. I like that. I like because even five minutes and I just recently, it was the other week where I just was kind of feeling like stuck and I just like feel like you're sitting at your desk and you're just grinding away. And I was like, and I now officially work from home. I work for myself and I'm like, well, why don't I just go for a walk? And it was, I just felt so refreshed. I did a lap around my apartment mm -hmm. complex, felt amazing. And I was like, it was almost like having a cup of coffee. There was just like this yeah. restart. It was this natural restart and it's incredible just stepping away. And I like that you brought up, which is something I am now figuring out how to manage is when you are trying to work on something and you've got the emails coming in and you've got phone calls and I don't want to turn my phone on airplane mode like throughout the whole day because obviously people need to get hold of me, but there is something about finding like the compartmentalizing. Now I'm going to work on this drawing and then I'm going to answer emails. Do you batch your schedule? Like I like to do emails at a certain time, drawings a certain time of the day. If I can, it's in a perfect world. You know, I would, of course, be doing drawings all morning and then answering emails and doing meetings in the afternoon. Obviously, that doesn't happen, you know, in a perfect world. I wish it would. But how do you organize then your schedule? <laughs> You're making me question how I organize myself. That's a, that's a great question. Like you said, in a perfect world, yes, I would batch. And I've been thinking about batching for a long time. Like, okay, how do I get these things done? But to be honest and to be very realistic, as an architect and as a mom, I have a lot coming at me at different angles at any given time of day. Mm -hmm. So health and wellness-wise, what I do, I don't necessarily batch, but I schedule. I schedule it in, right? So 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to get my hour in. At noon, I always, which is 12.18. Now I kind of check in with myself. That's just like an internal meeting with myself. Mm -hmm. And I ask myself a few questions. And these, maybe the first week or a couple weeks of doing this, you have to think about it. But now I don't even think about it. I look at the clock, it's 12. So I check with myself. Have I drank enough water? Usually my goal is about 50 ounces by noon. And have I moved my body? And how am I mentally right now? Am I exhausted? Am I fatigued? Am I going to be able to make it till 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m.? If the answer is no, then I need to readjust the rest of my working day and really fill into myself a little bit, fill into my cup. And if the answer is yes, then I'm doing great. Keep going. <laughs> so I don't batch. 
I prioritize and I schedule. And when I schedule a meeting with myself, I take it very seriously. And I just as seriously as I would with a meeting with my boss. And I don't miss it. So 12 o'clock on the dot, maybe sometimes it's 12.01 or 12.02, but I'm checking in with myself and I'm not missing that meeting because I know how important it is. And like you said, it gives you energy. It's like a cup of coffee. When you get up and go walk or drink your water, or you're just more mindful in general and pouring into yourself and not just on that never-ending hamster wheel, you're actually going to be more productive and have more energy and be more fulfilled and love your life more and be happier. And I can preach that all day. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think there's a difference too, is I just was thinking, I'm like, you know, sometimes when I feel like I need a break, I'll just be like, well, maybe I'll just do a five minute social media break, right? I'm not thinking about work, but I'm scrolling, but I'm not moving my body. And that's when I notice the difference in my production as well is, no, I shouldn't be taking a five minute, you know, Instagram scrolling break. It should be a walk or getting up or, you know, on laundry day for me is Thursdays now. And so that kind of gets me out as well as like, got to change the load, you know, got to fold a few, some clothes, hang some clothes to dry. So that kind of also is like nice little breaks in between. So I do kind of find that as a mental break, but it's making sure. Yeah. Let me ask when you're doing your laundry, what are you doing? What are you thinking about when you're doing your laundry on Thursdays? Just anything. I love, I love organizing laundry. Like I have little colored piles before the clothes go in. Like my husband's like, I don't know. I don't know where I got this from. I think I might've gotten it from my dad actually, but I, so I, it, it just completely relaxes me. So in the morning, right before, like, so I wake up on Thursday morning now And then before I even go say hi to my husband in the morning, because he wakes up before me, I start organizing my piles and then I'll kind of look at which pile and then I'll take it down to the laundry. I'll get it. I'll, you know, I'll get it, you know, put the softener in, detergent, let that run. And there's just this sense of like accomplishment and like cleansing, like I'm cleansing my clothes from the week. And like, there's just this, I don't know what it is. It's just very meditative for me. Then I'll bring it upstairs and then I'll fold it. Some things, you know, need to be hang dry. I'll put it away. And there's just this like sense of accomplishment after the clothes is nicely put away. It smells good. It's ready for, it's like ready to go. It's like a ritual. So it seems like you're, you're being very mindful when you're yes. doing your laundry. Yes. And it's therapeutic and something that pours into your cup. Yes. Yes. That's great. Yes. That's great. Yes. Because I got to the point where at, at one point in my life, when everything was a hamster wheel, mm-hmm. I would unload the dishwasher and I was going through the to-do list in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Of okay, I got to check that email and I have to, oh, did I send, did I pack the kids lunch? Did I do this? Oh yeah. Tomorrow it's their pizza day. I don't have to pack lunch tomorrow. There's Every person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And so think of on top of that, a mom Mm -hmm. and an architect. So I would say that number is higher for Mm -hmm. a mom who is also an architect. My point is I was getting to the point where I was breaking dishes because I was trying to put them away so quickly and not being mindful. So now it seems like you're already doing this, but now... I am very mindful when I'm even unloading the dishwasher or doing a chore and actually enjoying it, Mm. not going through that never ending list of to do's Mm. anymore. 
Interesting. And actually enjoying the moment that you're in, which it seems like you're you're doing that as well. No, with the laundry, yes. It's funny you bring up the dishwasher because that I had to build my relationship with my dishwasher. <laughs> I found it as like the most frustrating task every morning to empty the dishwasher. And I think <laughs> I timed myself one time and it takes me, our kitchen's very small. It takes me maximum like four, maybe five minutes tops to unload the dishwasher. And so sometimes I'll look at it and I'll be like, okay, you have three to five minutes right now. Just this is the one thing that you have to do in the present moment. Don't do anything else. And once you do this, you don't have to do it till tomorrow. And that's how I've dealt with the dishwasher because I used to just like, I have broken a few dishes as well. Because yeah, you're just like thinking about something else and then whoops, totally forgot about the clearance of the counter and then there goes a bowl. So for me, the dishwasher, I'm, I'm working on the relationship of we're going to be together for five minutes and then I don't need to think about you for the rest <laughs> of the day. Uh, yeah I completely understand absolutely yeah so that's but I like that you're bringing up like our day-to-day tasks as well around the house and bringing mindfulness into those as well because those can be moments of frustration or like you said you're just thinking of to-do lists and you know we start doing it mindlessly not mindfully and then that kind of just adds a little like emotional baggage I think Oh yeah, absolutely. And it got to the point for a while, those things, I didn't find joy in those things. Obviously every person here or that's listening has to do chores, quote unquote Mm -hmm. chores at home, right? You have to make your bed and wash your sheets and unload the dishwasher and do the laundry. And sometimes if you're a parent, you have to do that for multiple individuals or pack lunches. And those things weren't bringing me joy. And I was obviously, that's how living, I was doing them every single day, right? Things that didn't bring me joy. There were more of a chore to me, things that I had to get done in order to go to work and then go to work and be drained as well at that point in my career. So when I started my finding mindfulness within these everyday tasks, they no longer were identified as chores to me. I was actually appreciating them and it, which opened a whole new world for me to actually appreciate, you know, having laundry to do. Right. So let's, can we do a little activity? Yes. Yes. I was just going to ask about that. Yes. Okay, good. Good. This brings, this conversation brings up. So I asked you to bring two fruits, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you got two blueberries and two strawberries? Okay. Let's do strawberry. So just take a bite of your strawberry like you would in any other day. You know, you walk into your kitchen you pick a strawberry up and you're thinking about a million things. You know, sometimes when I eat lunch at my desk, I'm looking at the email, I'm drawing insulation into my foundation and I'm checking my RFPs and my ASIs and all of those things. Okay. Now I want you to, and I actually brought a grape as well. I want you to look at your strawberry it sounds really woo-woo, but mm-hmm. look at it. Where do you think it came from? How many people do you think touched or had to be a part of the process to get the strawberry to where you're at today? Quite a few. Quite a few, right? So look at it. What is it? What visually do you see in your strawberry? So like reddish. It's got the little seeds, some green. It's a little white. It's not... Not as red, but it's a little bigger. It's organic, so it's like a normal size. Something mm-hmm. <laughs> to notice. What, is it, what does it feel like? Feels very cold. It was in the refrigerator. Oh, 
That's amazing. Yeah. I would love a cold strawberry. So smell it. Okay. Now I want you to close your eyes, mm -hmm. take a bite of the strawberry and chew it very slowly. And I'm going to do the same with the grape. Okay. So tell me, you can open your eyes if you like. Mm -hmm. Tell me your experience the second time around when you took a bite of the strawberry. It was, even though I think the first one was a little sweeter, this one, it just, the taste lasted longer. And it just like, there's this scene from Ratatouille. I don't know if you know the movie. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where he eats a strawberry and he pairs it with a piece of cheddar cheese and there's like fireworks. That's kind of like what I was having right now. Like I was having like Remy's little moment where he's taking the strawberry and the cheese and he's, I didn't even have the cheese, but like, it was just like, you could really feel the flavors. Exactly. So mindfulness, which is what you were just experiencing, allows you to taste your food on a different level. Mm -hmm. So I take it back. I mean, I'm a mom, like I said, multiple times. I take this experience of mindfulness back to the closest I can get to it is remember yourself as a child mm -hmm. to remember seeing a grape for the first time. And I get to experience this because I have a three-year-old and one-year-old that are like, wow. So this is, this is a great example. Yeah. Three-year-old. She's a pandemic baby. I took her into a gas station for the first time last week. It was probably a month ago, actually. And she walked in and she goes, wow, mama, it's so beautiful in here in a gas station. And I thought, oh, she's never been in a gas station before. Right. But that new perspective, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, you can eat a grape or you can eat strawberries all day. But if you don't slow down, actually think about where they're coming from and smell it and use your senses, then you're not enjoying it to its full capacity. Mm -hmm. And that's life too. So, you know, bringing this back to the architecture side, and another little activity I want to do with you, Katarina, mm -hmm. is what I call the box breath. So, and I do this sometimes when I first started incorporating this into my routine, it was when I, this is before the pandemic, I would walk into my office. So mm -hmm. think of a box, mm -hmm. like a door, right? So four sides. So we're going to do everything in increments of four. So I would do this as soon as I got to my office, opened the door, I would think, oh, I'm in the door. Let's do the box breath. So every single day I would do it. And it did not stop my routine of getting to the desk and starting. It just allowed me to bring more clarity to the beginning of my work. So if, would you like to do mm -hmm. it with me? Absolutely. Okay. So box breath, four sides. We're going to do everything in increments of four. So I'll show you first. And then you can okay. join me for two or three rounds. So you're going to inhale for four. One, two, three four, hold for four, one, two, three, four, exhale for four, one, two, three, four, and hold for four, one, two, three, four. So do it one more time and I'll count. Okay. So inhale, one, two, three, four, Hold for four, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, 
three, four, and hold. One, two, three, four. So what do you think about that? Very relaxing. Very, yeah. very, like completely like my muscles, especially my shoulders kind of released. I feel yeah. very calm. So you can incorporate those if you're an architect or mm-hmm. whoever you are, whatever journey you're on or whatever career path you're in, you can incorporate a simple box breath when you walk into the office or maybe before a meeting when you incorporate that. Nobody has to know you're doing it. Right. But what it does is it calms slowing down your breath, slows down your heart rate, which slows down the adrenaline, and it ultimately gives you more clarity and allows you to make more clear decisions. Mm-hmm. And I like that you don't have to, you can just use your breath. Like I like finding ways to calm and like do things mindfully without having to purchase something or buy something. And you're like, I have to, or, oh, I forgot my whatever. Now I can't do this exercise. You can literally do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. For the rest of your life, you can incorporate the box breath. (laughs) So do you do it in two rounds or can you do multiple rounds? You can do as many as you like. Mm-hmm. I typically do four because, okay. <laughs> because the box has right. four sides. And on top of that, I'm getting a call. And so okay. this is great about being mindful mm-hmm. is the point of mindfulness is I see I'm getting a call. Mm-hmm. I'm accepting that I'm getting a call in the middle of a podcast, not letting that bother me and mm-hmm. letting it continue. But I do it in rounds of four. That's just my preference mm-hmm. because the box has four sides and I'm holding it for four. Yeah, you can do it as many times as you like until you kind of feel your nervous system calm a bit. I want to talk about what just happened with the phone ringing and like you really brought your attention to the podcast. Is that something sometimes I notice like I'll get that text message or I'll see that first line of that email and it's just like my mind cannot think about anything but responding mm-hmm. to that message. So did you do anything to recenter? your focus? Cause you like, were just very present with me the whole time. <laughs> it makes me very happy that you say that, you know, it takes practice. I would say it takes a lot of practice and I, for me, it takes daily practice. So like I said, in the mornings I meditate and like I said earlier, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts going on at any given time. I'm also diagnosed ADHD And so I'm jumping around a lot. I have a lot of thoughts. So every morning when I'm meditating, I practice. So I might hear my baby crying and know it's 545. So it's still her bedtime. So I can't go get her up. Mm -hmm. If I hear her crying and I practice, I accept that sound. Mm -hmm. She's her bedroom is right above my office. That's what I'm pointing up. I accept her crying. I uh, do not judge. I do not allow my thoughts to get in the way. And then I gently bring my attention and my awareness back to my meditation or a car might drive by in the middle of a meditation or my husband's coffee pot goes off or my phone starts steaming already at 5 30 a.m and so those things or my thoughts just recur even if it's silence those things are never going to stop that's why right i mean you can silence your phone yes but there are other sounds noises interferences that are going to happen because that's life. And a part of a mindfulness and meditation is understanding that your thoughts are going to go off and you're going to hear sounds, accepting it, not judging it. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad or a good sound that my baby's crying, letting it be, 
and then coming back to your center and the present moment. So it, it just takes daily practice for me, at least. And the more you do it, the stronger you're going to get at it. No, absolutely. It's just like a muscle. It seems like just mm-hmm. keep strengthening it, keep focusing. You're really making me rethink my mornings because I'm trying to figure out again, like, so now that I work from home, I'm still trying to figure out like what's kind of working for me. And I get up at 445. My husband gets up at like 345, 4 a.m. So we're very, we're yeah. early. We're very, but we go to bed at like 738. Okay. So <laughs> we don't make it that late. Yeah. But it's finding that balance. Like we're still kind of figuring out like we both need our space in the mornings. But for me, I notice like I'll go straight to the computer and I'll start working on CAD. Like my brain can switch on that quickly because I like the idea of having at least an hour of work done. And then my husband gets ready. He leaves the house. And then my morning can start and my breakfast and like I can kind of start my thing. But I think I need to figure out incorporating more meditation more I like the idea of reading too in the mornings and just kind of centering yourself so that's something I definitely need to kind of prioritize again yeah and everybody's different and as we age because I feel like well I am aging but as we age we change right Mm -hmm. so like I said what works for me won't work for you or may not work for you or and give yourself some grace and know that what works today won't necessarily work tomorrow and and be able to have fluidity to find your rhythm of what's working for you and what's not working for you and what brings you joy and what doesn't bring you joy. No, absolutely. And so for you, that might mean that if you try to get up and the first thing that you do is work out or read, that might not bring you joy today. Mm -hmm. So maybe you need to try to incorporate reading at 9 a.m. to get you through that, that day or that fatigue. No, absolutely. You're definitely having me think about how often I need to go for walks now because like today I have three pod- – I like so I like to batch. So today's my podcasting day. So in between all the interviews, I'm going to take a walk. It's a gorgeous, beautiful day. Why not? We're supposed to get rain, you know, later this week. So I'm going to like take advantage of, of the weather. So you're really inspiring me today. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And sometimes I listen to podcasts and I – I have listened to your podcast on a walk, but it's also really nice sometimes to just be mindful when you're mm-hmm. walking. So listening to the birds and just stopping because sometimes when I walk, I'm power walking, trying mm-hmm. to get this walk done so I can get back to my computer and right. answer that email, right? So sometimes it's nice just to slow yourself down on those walks and actually take in your environment and look around you and see how beautiful your neighborhood really is. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes I don't do that, but it's nice to do it as well. No, absolutely. Well, Morgan, this has been so great, so inspiring. I loved the strawberry, you know, exercise that we did. I think I definitely like even today at lunch and tonight at dinner, I'm going to make my husband enjoy the food that I cook and like really take it in. And I love your message of being mindful. And I just, yeah, you, this was a really good, inspiring episode for me to even interview and talk with you. Well, Katarina, I'd love to do it again anytime. Thank you so much for creating this platform for individuals to come in and speak about what they're passionate about. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And where can listeners find you and connect with you? 
Yes. So I am on Instagram. My Instagram handle is, I have to look it up, (laughs) is Be Mindful with Morgan. And as I'm continually growing and developing and following my gut and my passion, um, I will have a website hopefully in the first quarter of 2024. So that is more to come. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. Yeah. Thank you, Katarina. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. As we conclude, I want to express my gratitude for joining me in today's episode. I hope you have found it insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and click that like button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to share this with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. And you can also further your support of From the Honeycomb by visiting the patron link provided in the show notes. Your contribution helps make more episodes possible. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to my monthly newsletter, A Spark of Positive Energy, that comes out on the 7th of each month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.